إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد سكنتينيوينغ إن كتاب الصلاة the chapter of the prayer from the book of Al-Hafiz ibn Hajar, rahimahullah ta'ala, Balugh al-Maram. Uh, we're now on the hadith of Ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhuma, anna al-Nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, al-shafaq al-humrah, rawahu al-darqutni, wa sahaha ibn Khuzaymah, wa ghayruhu waqfahu, ala ibn Umar. This hadith then, the hadith of Ibn Umar, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, he says regarding it that it has been narrated from two different chains of narration. This hadith where Ibn Umar, radiallahu anhumah says, regarding the horizon, the shafaq al-humra, the twilight, the redness that disappears that we spoke about, this hadith has been narrated from two chains of narration. One of them, which is marfu' i.e. all the way up until the Prophet ﷺ. The second chain of narration stops at Ibn Umar himself. Mawquf, meaning this would be the statement of Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah and not the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. But the Shaykh says, the Shaykh al-Fawzan, وَعَلَى كُلِّ حَاسَ وَأَنْ كَانَ مَرْفُوعًا إِلَى النَّبِيْسَ سَلَّمْ أَوْ هُوَ مِنْ كَلَامِ Ibn Umar فَإِنَّهُ حُجَّهُ as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, whether it is actually the statement of the Prophet ﷺ or the statement of Ibn Umar himself, then this hadith is still an evidence. فَإِنْ كَانَ مَرْفُوعًا إِلَى فَلَا كَلَامَ If it is from the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, then there's no issue, of course, it's an evidence. وَإِنْ كَانَ مَوْقُوفًا عَلَى إِبْنِ عُمَرِ And even if it is stopped at Ibn Umar, and it is the statement of Ibn Umar, then nevertheless the shaykh says we can say فَإِنَّ ابْنَ عُمَرْ مِنْ أَهْلِ اللُّغَةِ وَهُوَ عَرَبِيٌّ فَصِيحٌ وَتَفْسِيرُهُ لِلْحَدِيثِ يُحْتَجُّ بِهِ لِأَنَّهُ مِنْ أَهْلِ اللُّغَةِ الَّذِينَ يَعْرِفُونَ الشَّفَقِ وَمَا الْمُرَادُ بِهِ عِنْدَ الْعَرَبِ فَالْحَدِيثُ حُجَّةٌ عَلَى كُلِّ حَالٍ The shaykh says even if this hadith is the statement of Ibn Umar himself radiallahu anhuma, he says it's still an evidence because Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah was from the people of the language. He understood the Arabic language clear and pure and precise. And so his explanation of the shafaq, of this redness or the horizon or the twilight as it may be called, then that explanation is still acceptable and an evidence because he is from the Arabs who understood their language purely and precisely and clearly. So here the hadith and what does it actually mean, al-shafaq al-humra? Al-shafaq bi-fatih al-sheen wal-faa, al-shafaq ala wazni fa'al, huwa al-shi'a'u al-mutabaqi fil-ufuq al-gharbi ba'da ghurub al-shams. The shaykh says they are the remaining streaks of redness, that exist upon the horizon after sunset. After sunset, what will occur is, وَالَّذِي يَلِي شَمْسْ مِنْهُ أَبْيَضْ وَالْمُتَأَخَّرْ مِنْهُ 
إلى المشرق أحمر وهو آخره وقد سبق أن نوسسون قال وقت المغرب إلى أن يغيب الشفق So we already had the hadith where the Prophet said that the time of Maghrib it continues up until up until this shafaq disappears. And the shafaq is now explained in this hadith of Ibn Umar that it is that redness that remains in the sky after sunset. When that redness upon the horizon it disappears, then that is the end of the time for Maghrib. فهذا الحديث مفسر لذاك الحديث الذي في أول الباب وكان على المؤلف رحمه الله أن يذكر هذا الحديث في أول الباب لأنه تفسير للشفق الذي مر في أول الباب الشيخ الفوزان says it would have been better if this hadith was right next to the other hadith so we would have understood next to each other what the shafaq is but nevertheless here the hadith it explains that the meaning of the shafaq is that redness that remains in the sky after sunset so once the sun sets, we know that Maghrib time has started. That time then continues and carries on up until that remaining redness, haziness in the sky, it disappears too, and it becomes pitch black. Then the time of Maghrib has ended. And when that occurs, that redness disappears, the time for Maghrib ends, and the time for Isha, it begins. لأنه آخر الشفق وأما الأبيض الذي يلي شمس فهذا يغيب مبكرا فإذا غاب الأحمر فقد غاب الشفق The Shaykh says when the sun sets then initially when the sun sets you'll have some whiteness there but then after a while the whiteness disappears and the redness remains that redness when it disappears the Maghrib time ends and the Isha time it begins The hadith after that, so that explains now what this shafaq is when the time of Maghrib then ends. The hadith after that, عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الفجر فجران ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما says that the Prophet said fajr is two fajrs. There are two Things in the morning that are known as Fajr. There is the first Fajr and there is the second Fajr. Fajrun yuharrimu ta'ama wa tahillu fihi salah. Wa fajrun tahrumu fihi salah. Ay salat al-subh. Wa yahillu fihi ta'am. Ruahu ibn Khuzayma al-Hakim wa sahaha. Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma said that the Prophet sallallahu said there are two Fajrs in the morning. Fajran. The first Fajr and the second Fajr. One Fajr, when it appears, then the eating of the food is impermissible and the prayer is now permissible. One of these two Fajrs, as you say, when it appears, eating food is no longer permissible and praying the Fajr prayer is now permissible. But there's another type of Fajr in the morning when it appears, praying the Fajr prayer is still impermissible. But eating is still allowed. What does the hadith mean? The shaykh will explain. Al-hadith al-thani wa huwa hadith ibn Abbas fahada al-hadith aydan fihi tafsirun lima sabaqa fi al-hadith al-lazhi fi awwil al-bab anna al-nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal salat al-fajri hina yatla' al-fajr aw al-subh. There was a hadith that we already covered where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the fajr prayer it continues up until 
the morning. Rather, it starts when the Fajr begins. That's when the Fajr prayer, it starts when that Fajr begins. However, there are two types of Fajr that occur in the morning. So we need to know which Fajr is being meant in this hadith. When is the true time for the Fajr in the morning? وَلَمَّا كَانَ الْفَجْرُ يَنْقَسِمُ إِلَىٰ قِسْمَيْنِ The shaykh says this Fajr, it is two types. So we need to understand what these two types of Fajr are in the morning. Because one of them, when it happens, it doesn't mean you're allowed to pray Fajr prayer yet. And the second one when it happens, then you are allowed to pray the Fajr prayer. So we need to know which one is which. فَجْرٌ يَذْهَرُ أَوَّلًا ثُمَّ يَمْضِي وَقْتٌ قَلِيلٌ ثُمَّ يَذْهَرُ فَجْرٌ آخَرٌ وَيَكُونُ الَّذِي يَذْهَرُ أَوَّلًا عَلَى صِفَةِ ضَوْءٍ عَمُودِي مُمْتَدٌ فِي الْأُفَقِ وَفِيهِ شَيْءٌ مِنَ الظُّلْمَةِ وَلَيْسَ فَجْرًا نَاصِعًا وَالْفَجْرُ الثَّانِي يَكُونُ مُسْتَطِيلًا مُعْتَرِضًا وَمُمْتَدًا فِي الْأُفَقِ There are two types the first one is when the light comes out it starts to get light in the morning but the light comes out in columns. It comes out upwards. It comes out in a vertical manner. Upwards, in columns. That light when it comes out, it comes out and it remains for a while. Then you will notice that this light which came out and it's going upwards vertically in columns. After a while it disappears and it goes dark again. That Light when it appears, those columns vertically, that is the false fajr. That is not the fajr where you're allowed to pray the fajr prayer now. In fact, when that occurs, you're not allowed to pray fajr yet. You can carry on eating even. If you are going to fast that day, you can carry on eating yet. If that light appears, that light is not the light which indicates (coughs) the time for the fajr. The second fajr is when after a while, after it's gone dark again, then the light comes out for a second time, but this time it comes out horizontally across the horizon. It comes out horizontally across the horizon, and that is when uh, uh, the true Fajr has now appeared. When the light comes out for the second time, but this time horizontally across the horizon and it spreads, that is the true Fajr. Now you are allowed to pray the Fajr prayer, and if you are going to fast, you must stop eating. So the first fajr, you can carry on eating. Because it's not the true fajr. You can carry on eating. And you're not allowed to pray fajr prayer yet. It's a false fajr. But the second fajr, you have to now stop eating. And now you are allowed to pray the fajr prayer. That is the difference between the two. فَلَمَّا كَانَ الْفَجْرُ يَنْقَسِمُ إِلَىٰ قِسْمَيْنِ وَالنَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ عَلَّقَ صَلَاةَ الْفَجْرِ بِطُلُوعِ الْفَجْرِ فَأَيُّ الْفَجْرَيْنِ يُرِيدُ هذا الحديث يوضح ويفسر مقصود النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في أن مراده بالفجر الفجر الثاني الذي يسمى بالفجر الصادق. So the sheikh says because there are two fajrs that occur in the morning, one when the light comes out vertically, then it disappears. Then the light comes out horizontally. Two fajrs. Here the hadith explains what the rulings are for the two fajrs. The first one, it doesn't mean that fajr has started. It's the false fajr. Carry on eating and you can't pray yet. The second Fajr, now you must stop eating and now you can pray the Fajr prayer. That is the difference regarding the two. So a person understands when the time of Fajr is. Walil-Hakim, the next hadith. Min hadithi Jabir radiallahu anhu nahu. 
وزاد في الذي يحرم الطعام إنه يذهب مستطيلا في الأفق وفي الآخر إنه كذنب السرحان There is an addition to this narration which is mentioned regarding the descriptions the descriptions of it So the Shaykh says دل حديث ابن عباس على أن الفجرين يختلفان من حيث الحقيقة ومن حيث الحكم This indicates that the two fajrs they have different descriptions and they have different rulings The two fajrs in the morning have different descriptions and they have different rulings As for the different descriptions then like we said the first fajr the light comes out in a vertical manner It comes out in a vertical manner وَيَكُونُ فِيهِ شَيْءٌ مِّنَ الظُّلْمَةِ And there is still some darkness within it. وَلِذَا شَبَّهَهُ بِذَنَبِ السَّرَحَانِ وَالسَّرَحَانِ اسمٌ مِّنْ أَسْمَاءِ الذِّئَبِ In one hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, as the narration states, compared or gave the example of that to the tail of a, fo- of a uh, wolf. The tail of a wolf. Because there are certain types of wolves that have black tails with some whiteness in it. Black tails with some whiteness in them. That's the color of certain foxes or certain wolves rather, their tails. So here the example is given of that. That this light when it comes out, it's a bit white, but there is still darkness everywhere. Like those wolves that have a dark tail, black tail, dark tail with some whiteness in it. So that is the example given of that, and that is the false fajr, where it is not allowed to pray yet, and you can carry on eating yet. The second fajr is the one that comes out horizontally, and that's when you must stop eating, and when you must now pray. That's what the hadith says very clearly, in accordance to the ayah in the Qur'an, فَالْآنَ بَاشِرُوهُنَّ وَابْتَغُوا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ and eat and drink, Allah says, until the black string becomes clear to you from the white string. Or the white string rather, becomes clear to you from the black string of Fajr. Meaning, the lightness of Fajr across the horizon distinctly comes out and the darkness begins to disappear. When that distinct horizontal lightness comes out, the true Fajr, that's when you must stop eating now and the prayer can be prayed so when you see that first fajr appearing, you can still carry on eating if you're going to fast that day. You can carry on praying your tahajjud, for example, your night prayer, there's no problem. You can carry on doing those things. You can't pray fajr though yet. Only when the second fajr appears, then you must stop your tahajjud, stop your eating, etc. Then nawafil prayers, because like we said, that's one of the prohibited times now. And then you pray your fajr prayer. The next hadith after that, عن ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أفضل الأعمال الصلاة في أول وقتها رواه الترمذي والحاكم وصحها وأصله في الصحيحين. In this hadith of ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه, he says that the Prophet said. The best of the actions are praying at the beginning times. The best of the actions are praying at the beginning times. فَقَدْ تَقَدَّمَ لَنَا فِي الْأَحَدِيثِ 
anna waqta salawati yamtad. So this hadith says that the best time to pray the prayer is at the beginning times. We've already mentioned that the times of the prayers they are lengthy. Each time for each prayer there's a certain amount of leeway from where it starts and where it ends. وَأَنَّ وَقْتَ الظُّهْرِ مِنْ زَوَالِ الشَّمْسِ إِلَىٰ أَنْ يَصِيرَ الدِّلْ مِثْلَ شَاخِصِ And we mentioned that the time of dhuhr is when? Time of dhuhr starts when? After the zenith, after the sun goes beyond the middle point up until? Equivalent. Equivalent, there you are. So it carries on up until the shadow is equivalent to its length. Uh, and then the time for Asr begins at that point and it continues up until when? That's something, but we mentioned something else here too. The time for Asr continues up until? The sun becomes the yellowiness. Hatta shams. When that sun it becomes that hazy yellowy colour, then the time of Asr ends. And we said you can carry on up until Maghrib out of necessity, as some of the scholars mentioned. Then the Maghrib time, as we said, after sunset up until Maghrib after sunset up until when? Maghrib time starts after sunset, carries on up until when? Now, what's a shah? When does it start? Shafaq. Shafaq is what? When it disappears. <laughs> what is the shafaq though? <laughs> Where? Redness. What? The redness, anyway. So the maghrib, after sunset, up until the shafaq, the redness, the haziness disappears. And then after that, the isha begins and it carries on up until half of the night or the third of the night. They are the times of the prayers. In those times, this hadith says that the best time to pray the prayers is at the beginning times. At the beginning times. فَدَلَّ هَذَا عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَوَاقِيْتَ الصَّلَوَاتِ مُمْتَدَّةِ These ahadith though indicate that the times for the prayers are lengthy. وَقَدْ أَمَّ جِبْرِيلُ عَلَيْهِ صَلَةُ وَالسَّلَامِ نَبِسَ سَلَّمْ فِي أَوَّلِ الْوَقْتِ وَفِي آخِرِهِ وَقَالَ يَا مُحَمَّدَ الصَّلَاةُ بَيْنَ هَذَيْنَ الْوَقْتَيْنِ and it's mentioned in some narrations that Jibreel alayhi salam, he prayed with the Prophet ﷺ at the beginning time and at the end time. And he said to him that the prayers are in between these times. And this is from the facilitation and ease that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon this ummah. However, in this narration, it says that the best time to pray the prayer is at the beginning time. As soon as you see the time for the prayer has begun, as soon as that time has started, then pray it at the beginning. Don't delay it later. That's what the hadith says. The best time is to pray right at the beginning. لِيُبَيِّنَا أَنَّ الْوَقْتَ وَإِنْ فَالْأَفْضَلُ وَالْأَوْلَىٰ أَنْ تُؤَدَّ So this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ explains that even if the time is lengthy for each prayer, the best thing is to pray right at the beginning. وَفِي ذَلِكَ أَيْضًا تَفْرِيغٌ لِلذِّمَّةِ مِنَ الْوَاجِبِ Because then you fulfilled your obligation. You pray the prayer at the beginning time and you fulfilled your obligation then. لَكِنْ هَلْ أَدَاءُ الصَّلَاةِ فِي أَوَّلِ وَقْتِهَا وَأَفْضَلُ الْأَعْمَالِ مُطْلَقًا Before we get to that, and we mentioned that there was one exception, one of the prayers, it's better to pray it later. Which prayer was better to pray later? Isha. Isha was better to pray later. And there was another prayer you could pray later. Dhuhr, if it was 
too hot. Otherwise, it's better to pray the prayers at the beginning times. The hadith says the best of the actions is to pray the prayers at the, be- at the beginning times. Does that mean this is the best of every type of action, the best thing you can ever do? Not necessarily. Because there are other things that are from the best of the actions as well. There's a hadith that says, amali imanun billah. The best of the actions is to have iman in Allah. To have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there are other narrations that mention other acts. Other actions that are the best of the actions. And this is not contradiction. But this is referring to the various abilities of the people also. Maybe for some people, this is what they are able to do. To pray the prayer at the beginning time. So it becomes from the best of the actions with regards to them praying that prayer at the beginning time. Other people, they have other skills or other abilities. So for them, the best of the actions may be some other aspect of the religion. So it doesn't necessitate that this is the most superior and best of actions. There are other things in other fields of the religion that are mentioned in terms of being the best of the actions also. Um, After that, so we understand from that clearly that typically you should try to pray the prayers at the beginning times. Then there is a hadith عن أبي محذورة رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أول الوقت رضوان الله وأوسطه وأوسطه رحمة الله وآخره عفو الله أخرجه دارقتني بسند ضعيف جدا ولترمذي من حديث ابن عمر نحو دون الأوسط وهو ضعيف أيضا these two narrations, they say that the beginning times of the prayers, that is the, that is the pleasure of Allah. The middle time is the mercy of Allah. And the last time of the prayer is the pardoning from Allah. This hadith, however, is weak as the shaykh mentions. However, there is something that would indicate some aspect of it is correct. Meaning that the hadith where it says, أَنَّ الصَّلَاةَ فِي أَوَّلِ وَقْتِهَا أَفْضَلْ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ فِي وَسَطِهِ وَفِي آخِرِهِ فَالرِّضْوَانُ أَفْضَلْ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ وَالرَّحْمَةِ أَفْضَلُ مِنَ الْعَفُو Having the pleasure of Allah is superior than the mercy of Allah, and the mercy of Allah is superior than the pardoning of Allah. That would therefore indicate what the previous hadith indicated, that praying the prayer at the beginning time is better. This actual narration though splitting up the times of the prayers at the beginning time has this reward to it, the middle time has this reward to it, the end time has this reward to it, that is actually weak in of itself. However, what we do know with authenticity is that a person should pray at the beginning times wherever possible. Then after that, عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا صلاة بعد الفجر إلا سجدتين وفي رواية عبد الرزاق لا صلاة بعد طلوع الفجر إلا ركعتي الفجر This is what we said before After you pray the Fajr prayer in the morning Which these days is around about 4.30 maybe approximately 4.30 in the morning Maybe 5 o'clock at the latest Somewhere around about that time Once you've prayed that morning prayer Then the hadith says There is no other prayer to be prayed after that Until sunrise at least or even after sunrise. There is no other prayer. 
except the two raka'at for the fajr itself. قَدْ تَقَدَّمَ لَنَا فِي أَحَدِيثِ النَّهِي أَوْقَاتِ النَّهِي أَلَّتِي بَيَّنَهَا رُسَلَةً We already mentioned that the prohibition of the prayers, it's not permissible to pray certain prayers at that morning time. وَهِيَا خَمْسَ And there are five times that we mentioned before. And this is one of them. So here it indicates that any other supererogatory prayers cannot be prayed in the time of Fajr except the two that go with Fajr itself. The ratiba that go with Fajr itself, you can pray them, but it's not permissible to pray any other nawafil or supererogatory prayers in that Fajr time. That is already something we mentioned before in the previous narration when we were speaking about the times of prohibition. That there are no prayers allowed in those times of prohibition. The next hadith of Adara Qutni is the same. And the one after that, An Ummi Salama, radiallahu anha qalat, Salla Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-asr, Thumma dakhala bayti, fasalla raka'atayn. Fasa'altuhu, faqal, shughiltu an raka'atayn ba'd al-dhuhr, fasallaytuhuma al-an. Qultu, afa naqdiyahuma idha fatatna, qalla. خرجه أحمد وليبي داود عن عائشة بمعناه In this hadith of Umm Salama She says on the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha It's mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu He came back one day After having prayed Asr That he entered after having prayed Asr into the home And he prayed two raka'at So she says I asked the Prophet sallallahu Regarding these two raka'at, because like we said, after Asr then there's no other prayer, it's a time of prohibition. So she asked the Prophet about these two raka'at, and he said, I became preoccupied after Dhuhr, I was preoccupied after Dhuhr, and therefore was not able to pray then, the two raka'at, the ratiba that go with Dhuhr, and therefore I delayed, and ended up being delayed, to the extent that I only just prayed them now. So then, she said to the Prophet ﷺ, shall we make them up like that too, if we miss them? So the Prophet ﷺ said, no. This hadith then, raka'atani qabla al-dhuhr wa raka'atani ba'daha. There are twelve, there are twelve supererogatory ratiba that are mentioned in the day normally. Two before dhuhr and two after dhuhr. Then, or, or you could just make four before dhuhr. Two before Dhuhr and two after Dhuhr, or you could make four before Dhuhr and then two after Dhuhr as well. Then four, or in fact the Shaykh says four before Dhuhr and four after Dhuhr. Then also, Raka'ataini Ba'd al Maghrib, two after Maghrib, and two after Isha, and two before Fajr. Add those up and it comes to 12. Upon that combination regarding the dhuhr, it comes to 12. 12 ratiba in the day. These are the sunnah prayers, the ratiba prayers that you pray with the obligatory prayers. And these supererogatory ones, the optional ones, should not be left. You should pray them too. Except maybe if a person is traveling and even then, the Fajr ones you're still supposed to pray. فَإِنَّهُ سَأَسَلَّمْ كَانَ لَا يَتْرُكُهُمَا فِي حَضَرٍ وَلَا سَفَرٍ 
because the Prophet ﷺ didn't used to leave them uh, whether he was resident or whether he was traveling. As for the others, then they would be left. In fact, there is one narration where the Prophet ﷺ and the companions, they overslept in the morning. Even then, when they woke up and they prayed the Fajr, the two supererogatory ones, the Ratiba ones, were also prayed. So these are not to be left and they should be prayed at all times. So in the hadith of Um Salama, the Prophet ﷺ prayed Asr. Then he came home and he prayed two rakaat after Asr. And this was not something that was the habit of the Prophet ﷺ. He never used to pray after Asr because it's a time of prohibition like we mentioned. So this was something which was confusing. How come the Prophet ﷺ prayed after Asr? So Um Salama radiallahu anha asked the Prophet ﷺ about these two rakaat. So he told her, because I had become preoccupied after Dhuhr, and didn't get to pray them then, so I made them up now. I prayed them now. So then she said, should we make them up like this too? But then the Prophet ﷺ said, that this is not to be done. Al-Hasil annahu shughila an ratibat al-Dhuhr allati ba'daha, faqadaha ba'd al-Asr. Fasalathu Um Salama sawalan akhir, faqalat afanaqdiyahuma idha fatatta, إذا فاتتنا قال لا إلا راتبة الفجر إذا فاتت فإنها تقضى في حق الأمة لأنه سلم رأى رجلا يصلي بعد الفجر فسأله فأخبره الرجل بأنه يقضي راتبة الفجر so if you miss the optional ones you don't make them up except for the ones for fajr they can be made up once you pray your fajr if you are delayed and that is something which is mentioned in some of the narrations regarding the ratiba of the fajr as for the other ratiba prayers then if they are missed, they are not made up afterwards outside of their times as this hadith narrates. Uh, since Um Salama radiallahu anha asked the Prophet and he said, no, you should not do that. That is the end of the chapter regarding the times of the prayers. When you pray them, each one is mentioned as we've gone through it now, the specific times for the prayers, when they start, when they end, when it is sunnah to pray each prayer at the beginning, other than the dhuhr if it's hot, or isha which is to be delayed if possible. So all of those things have been mentioned. Similarly, the times that are not allowed to pray, they have also been mentioned. All of these things have been mentioned in this chapter regarding the times of the prayers. So we know therefore, that there is the fajr prayer, to be prayed in the morning when the second fajr, the true fajr starts. And that these days, it's probably around about maybe 4 o'clock I'm guessing in these days, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. So if a person prayed his Fajr around about 4 o'clock, 4.30, then that is the time for Fajr these days. At this particular time uh, in the month of May in the United Kingdom. Then after that the Dhuhr, typically these days, is around about maybe 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So a person prays a Dhuhr prayer then. And then after that Asr, it's typically around about 6 p.m. these days. 5.30, p.m., quarter past 6, around about then. So a person prays those then. Prays that prayer at that time. And then there is a, the Maghrib prayer, which is approximately these days, 8.30. Around about 8.30 p.m. in this time of the year in May in the United Kingdom. And then the Isha prayer which is to be delayed if possible, and if the people, it is difficult upon them, then it is prayed earlier. And perhaps most of the people nowadays in the masajid, the jama'at, the congregational prayers, will be around about 10 p.m. or maybe 10.30 p.m. 
So these are the times of the prayers that must be prayed five times every day. And the importance of that is so important as we mentioned that the prayer is the second highest pillar of Islam. The prayer is the second highest pillar of Islam. After the Tawheed, after the La ilaha illallah, then the highest act of worship is the prayer. And it's mentioned in some hadith that on the day of judgment, the first thing that a person is going to be asked about are his prayers. Did he used to pray his prayers on time or not? If the person used to pray all of his prayers five times a day and on time, then it is expected, as the hadith mentions, that the rest of his actions will be good too. If the prayer is good, then the remainder of his actions will follow suit. But if the prayer is not prayed five times a day, in the right times, then that is from the greatest of the sins. That is from the greatest of the sins. That is something every Muslim has to do. Must pray the five prayers every day. That's an absolute obligation. It's not even an option. It's not a choice. If a person leaves the prayers, then the Prophet Muhammad mentioned, he told us how severe that is and how much punishment can be upon the person who doesn't pray the prayers. And it takes only a little bit of time. 10 or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour for each prayer. No longer. Five times in the day out of 24 hours. If you add it all up, it only comes to maybe a couple of hours in the day to pray those prayers, to show the obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not to be like those people who use their lives wastefully without any objective, any purpose, any goal. They live their lives and they die and they've achieved nothing. But a person, he uses his time wisely and he prays these prayers to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to get the reward and to be entered into the paradise. So that is the importance of this prayer. And it is vital to know about it and to learn it and to try your best to learn how to pray it properly. Learn as much as you are able. Ask the people who have knowledge about it in order that you can then start to pray those prayers properly and accurately and make sure everybody is doing them five times a day. So we'll conclude upon that point then. That's the end of that chapter. Next time we will start the chapter of the Adhan. The rulings that are linked to the Adhan, how it should be done, who should do it, when it is to be done. All of the rulings regarding the Adhan or most of them or some of them will be mentioned from the next lesson insha'Allah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.